fans. Welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And this is episode 191. Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. Great men are forged in fire. It is the privilege of lesser men to light the flame. I'm the doctor. This is Rose Tyler. She's my plus one. Is that all right? That would be me. Hello. Surprise. Boom. Etc. I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions. And don't wander off. How can you kid this? I don't like the colour. Howdy, howdy, do you fans? I hope you all had a cracking week and that you've managed to do something Doctor Who related. 191. I know. My age. Scary. So <laughs> I feel. You haven't regenerated yet, have you? No, not yet. Not in a while. Mm. Actually, I have. I have regenerated actually, because I lost my beard, haven't I? Because you oh, were very yeah. upset. You yeah. were very upset about we were we were beard buddies until uh, till the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I had to, mate. I couldn't take it any longer. It was doing you. It's taking it's taking over my face. Yeah. <laughs> I have that now and then. I have to sort of trim it back a bit and. Side it up. I haven't got rid of it completely in ages, though. Yeah. The missus wouldn't be happy with that. No, no. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> Anyways, hope all of our fantastic listeners have had a good week. Welcome aboard. Old listeners, waving. Anyone that's just jumped on. This is Gary and Adam, the Big Blue Box podcast. We do a weekly show where we cover anything that's going on in the world of Doctor Who. News, merchandise, all that stuff. And then we uh, we go on to a review. This week it's Torchwood. We're in the throes of our new review schedule at the minute, so we're alternating yes. between new Doctor Who, classic Doctor Who, Torch- Torchwood and Sarah Jane. Mm. It's great, isn't it? It's very good. I'm loving it. Yeah. So welcome aboard. And yeah. don't forget the grizzled, how do you say it? Grizzled ancients. The grizzled ancients, the, uh, yeah. the guys that have been with <laughs> us since uh, the early years. The dawn of time. Yeah. yeah. How have you been, buddy? What have you been up to? I've I've been really good, mate. Yes. I mean, well, I'll come on to our little meet up at the weekend in a second. Um, but yeah, I've been good. I've had a quite a good Doctor Who related week, actually. Because cool. I um yeah, I really fancied a bit of Hartnell, you know, because there's mm-hmm. been a bit of because of this thing on Twitch. I've been tuning into Twitch, I finally know what it's all about. And cool, cool. I got quite engrossed in that actually. I did, after recording the podcast last week, and I remember saying to you what is Twitch? And then, you know, going on and having a look. And so did, uh, did you see Fraser Hines tweeted uh, as well saying, um, how do I get on Twitch? And it was, you know, like reposted everywhere. Cause people were like, Oh, bless him. But I was a bit like that. So I've never heard of it before, but um, yeah, I got on it on Thursday night for the first time. A uh, bit of Troughton seeds of death. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, and do you know what? I thought I'd tune in for like five minutes, just have a look, see a few comments, and you know, that would be it. I ended up watching it all night because <laughs> you get quite caught up in the sort of conversations and and stuff. And actually, was really enjoying watching Seeds of Death because uh, I was getting mixed up. Is Death, isn't it? Not Doom. Yes, it's Death. Yep. Um, yeah, and uh, so I got quite engrossed in watching it and uh, enjoyed that. And then I did a little instagram live stream afterwards chatting to people about it so that was really cool um but i was in the mood for some hartnell so i i dug out um the the box set that's got the space museum and the chase in it Mm -hmm. and um i was like which one should i watch i I don't know what drew me to them too but i just just sort of gravitate towards that box set so i started with the space museum um now we haven't reviewed either of these so i'll be you know, I won't say what I thought of them, but I watched both. I watched Space Gym first, and then uh, I polished off the chase last <laughs> night. Um, all I can say is um, I really look forward to the day when we review them, both of them, because uh, they are very interesting stories in lots of ways. <laughs> you are <laughs> yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah so there that's going to be an interesting review. But it was just I just love Hartnell. And obviously, you know, this whole London 1965 thing that's kicked off because of Twitch and mm-hmm. just watching that end scene again at the end of the chase where... Ian and Barbara leave. Do you know what? There's a lovely extra on the um, DVD of The Chase where William Russell reads a little piece from um, it's from a book, I think. I don't quite know where they've dug it up from, but it, it carries on from where from where they sort of land on London and then Barbara goes home to see her mum. And I'll tell you what, it really <laughs> brought a tear to my eye because it's a really touching Aww. little scene from mm. a book and i must find out what it is because yeah basically barbara runs up and hugs her mum, and ian says you know i stood back and watched and i could see barbara's features in the woman's face and and then barbara's mum turned to me and said you're the you're the one who took her away from me and then barbara Aww. turns around and says no mum, he's the one who's brought me home <laughs> and it was a bit with his beautiful you know william um Russell's beautiful voice reading it. So that's a beautiful scene. That so yeah, l- nice little extras on the DVD as well. So yeah, that's good. Uh, I, just in other news, I, I've had a couple of little purchases come through. I, I got hold of the record store day vinyls. You know, the City of Death and Tomb of the Cybermen. Oh yeah. Um, now see, I don't get this right. So record store day vinyls are supposed to be exclusive to record store day right and supposed to be really hard to get and you have to get up at like two o'clock in the morning queue for 10 hours in the hope of getting them and stuff like this right that's not what normally happens so how come they're on amazon because <laughs> that's where i got them from i was like thinking they're on amazon they're the same they're actually cheaper but than they were so is do you think it's just that they had leftover stock and they've because that that doesn't normally happen does it because I was a bit, um, I was a bit wary about ordering them. I was like, these are the right, these are the real thing, right? These aren't like, and they are, they're gorgeous. They, they actually arrived the next day. I couldn't believe it. Um, and they look really nice. But yeah, it's a bit strange, isn't it? It's like an, it's like one of these things where it's exclusive, but actually you can get it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a bit miffed by that. I mean, I'm pleased because I've got them, but I'm also a little bit miffed if I'd been one of those people queuing up on the day, you know, to get them. And being really pleased that, you know, like I was last year or the year before, you know, when I got the Dalek Invasion of Vinyl, I was so happy to get my hands on that from an actual record shop, you know. And to be fair, I would have liked to have done it again this year. Just I wasn't in the country, so I missed out on all that. But, you know, yeah, I just thought it was a bit weird to be able to get them from Amazon. Hmm. Strange. Um, So they're lovely. And the only other thing I've got is the Seventh Doctor comic 
arrived at the weekend and i know you've got it um awesome. and i think yeah. we were saying at the weekend it's really good isn't it so this is the new comic from titans that's written uh, by ben aronovich and, and andrew carmel uh is there somebody else is there a third i can't remember now uh, that was the artist um lee Sullivan. oh yes yeah. of the artist. Yeah. um and it's really thick isn't it it's for like a first issue it's like a really nice thick comic yeah. um and it's really good i i really enjoyed it i've st- uh, yeah i think you were saying the same weren't you it's, you can just tell it's got cartmel yeah. written all over it the little quirkiness of it and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah so that's really good yeah i'm looking forward to the next issue of that yeah and you actually got all the variant covers like me didn't you i did bag the lot because yeah. they're all pretty cool the um the wheel brooks yeah. one's really nice yeah yeah it's lovely that is yeah yes. yeah so that's me, mate. Apart from what we've been doing, but I'll let you, I'll let you say. So we we did meet up for the weekend for something rather cool, didn't we? Uh, we did. Mm. I just want to touch on something very quickly before that. Mm. So you mentioned um, William Russell. Oh yes, yeah, lovely man. So a bit of trivia because I didn't know this until somebody popped it on Twitter the other week. Mm. I think it might be our friend Martin from Bad Wilf. Oh yes. Um. So. Any Harry Potter fans out there who watch the films, not the books, but the films, there's a character in Harry Potter called Dean Thomas. And Dean Thomas is just one of the other kids in Gryffindor in Harry Potter's year. Um, but uh, his dad is William Russell. Is it? Yeah. I didn't, didn't know that. Neither did I. Oh. A couple of weeks ago. But you yeah. would never, ever, if you didn't know, you'd never put the two together. No, that's true. And he's he's a lovely guy, is William Russell. Mm. Really, really pleasure to meet him when he's been at conventions and stuff. Just a very sort of gentle, you know, gentle chap. You know, very, very nice man. I, I always wish, like, just watching that DVD extra, I was thinking, I do wish they'd brought him back into the series in the new show mm. you know where there was quite a few opportunities where they could have brought him back especially when they kept going back to Cole Hill school with Clara and all that mm. stuff and you know and dare I say even in class they had the opportunity but you know it's I, I kept thinking all the way through you know because of the way the doctor is so angry when when Barbara and Ian leave mm. I just I kept thinking oh, I would have been lovely a bit like when the doctor went back to meet Sarah Jane at school reunion how he kind of apologized and they caught up about so what happened after you left us thinking that would have been lovely to have seen that between like you know the doctor and and you know ian chesterton that just would have been absolutely great yeah you know we could have said yes barbara and i you know they went back and it would have been lovely wouldn't it i know real missed opportunity that was yeah still cool could still it could still happen it could still happen maybe this is the world of doctor who after all yes exactly yeah mind you moff's not here anymore so i think those things have been put that's all been put a, a stop to the crazy yeah. the craziness like that yeah true maybe i don't know mm. uh, but yeah i've had a fairly chilled week mate same as you um i watched a bit of who on switch um watched in Infer- inferno the other night oh yes yeah one of my faves um good, yeah i watched uh terror of the autons and the mind of evil last night oh right yeah yeah i missed the claws of axos that was on after but yeah. saw the first two um Funny one on tonight, Curse of Peladon. Oh no! Yeah, um, but the fourteenth. Uh, if any of you guys are listening to this on podcast day on Friday the third, uh, the fourteenth of June, uh, it's the Sea Devils. Oh, brilliant! I love yeah. the Sea Devils. Yeah, that's a good one. That is. Yeah, 
Yes. When does Pertwee's run end on Switch? Uh, the 20th of thought, June. Yeah, I was going to say Baker must be ready to step in soon. When is it, sorry? Yeah, so 20th of June is Planet right. of the Spiders. And right. then the following night, the 21st, we kick off, obviously, with Robot. Mm, brilliant. So they're getting through them. They are, yeah. It's amazing, yeah. isn't it, when you start watching them in one after the other like this, how quickly you can get through it. Like, I can't believe we're already... You know, halfway through Pert was era. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, that's the way to do it. If you're going to start off mm. a, a, an epic Who marathon from the very beginning, yeah, just watch as many as you can. Like they're doing what three stories a night, mm. which I know is you know your whole night. <laughs> but if you do it yeah. every night for that, it's uh, you get through it. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so just before we get on to what we've been up to, because um, I I will definitely forget if i don't mention this now so uh thank you so so much to everybody over the last month i would say um who have uh, sent in your articles for us to look at because we're looking to take on uh, some additional writers for the team and i'm happy to say that we've now chosen a few people to jump on board um they are uh, mark donaldson uh, George Sheard, and I'm going to screw this name up every time. <laughs> I cannot pronounce it, but um, uh, I think it's pronounced uh, Cathed, Cathed McKay. Uh, so those three guys are going to be jumping on board, um, pushing out articles for us every week over on the website. So beef up the blog a little bit, and they will be joining our current writers, um, Jordan and Maria and Dan. Awesome. Welcome aboard, good. guys. Welcome aboard. So... Um, just keep an eye out on the socials and stuff because when they start putting uh, articles out, the um, it goes automatically over to Twitter and Facebook. So um, mm. uh, give those guys a warm welcome. I uh, hope you enjoy reading their stuff. It sounds like they've got some really cool things planned they want to write. It's going to be a mixture of reviews and opinion pieces and so on. Uh, but once again, just a very big thank you to everyone else that um, took the time to write an article or just get in touch to say you want to join the team. I'm very sorry if you weren't um, successful. We can only obviously take on a small amount and we had loads of applications, so it's very, very cool. So if you haven't heard from me um, by email or if, if you haven't, you know, listened to this bit, whatever, then um, maybe next time. I'm pretty sure that as the blog and the website grows, we might take on another couple of people at some point, but that's that's cool. Cool news. Yeah, awesome stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then um, lastly, before we get on to news, yeah, Adam and I had one of our epic meetups. <laughs> we uh, jumped on the train, went down down there at that London. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we had a cool day, didn't we? We were, um, we were there for the uh, the pub quiz, the quiz of Rassilon mm. that was taking place at the Seabright Arms over in the uh, over in the East End. Yeah. And uh, which is very cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had a meetup before that, so... Uh, lunchtime-ish uh, we met up at the uh, the usual hangout Forbidden Planet over at Shaftesbury Avenue <laughs> and uh, yeah we had a good old look through there I was in there for about 45 minutes I think yeah I was going to say it's just like the ultimate place to meet isn't it it's, it's easy to get to we all know it yes yeah, yeah. Um, we both said though once again the Doctor Who section has shrunk it's pitiful. really small yeah. it's it's actually i think it's the worst it's ever been actually quite possibly because we we couldn't help but laugh could we because they've got a little glass cabinet um with a few figures in mm-hmm. um but it looks really depleted and then there was a titan figure of clara and she should have a raven mm-hmm. on her hand on her arm and the raven's just fallen off like dead in the cabinet it just reminds me of like you know when you get <laughs> dead flies in the cabinet it's like a dead raven in there <laughs> it's just, yeah. it looked really <laughs> poor didn't it we were yeah. both saying oh my gosh 
Yeah, and all the branding's all old now. It's, I, I kept saying to Gary, I'm hoping we'll go in in a couple of months when the new series is all kicking in and just see a transformation. I mean, that's what I'm expecting. Like, yes. I'm expecting, yeah. new, like you said, new branding up, some new merch on the shelves, but, oh, man, it looked pitiful when we went in. It really did, didn't it? It was yeah. almost like this um, sort of dystopian post-nuclear fallout thing where, yeah, like you said, there was just figures that had fallen over, just looking tired. They were covered in dust. and It was, yeah. And then the, um, I think the only thing they had in there that was recent are the T-shirts, you know, with the new logo on the black mm. one and the, the blue one with the the sunset image of Jody on the hillside. Yeah. Um, so that they're like the only recent, everything else. I th- hold on. Um, what, what are the new sort of anime style figures that they've got the blind boxes and so on? Kawaii. That's it, yeah. They got those in there. But the rest of it is just stuff that you'd have seen this time last year if you went in there. They've still got the same old, um, you know, the large scale. What are they called? The, uh, the large box Titans. You know, they did Titans, the yeah. Statue They've of Liberty. they got the Beast um, and Statue of Liberty and, yeah. There's the Angel, yeah, the Beast. The from Colour the, Daleks, yeah. and, you know, the Paradigm Daleks, yeah. They're all up there. And I, I've seen them in there for over a year now, oh, at least. Oh, Oh, at least, yeah. Yeah, and they've got some just random figures dotted around, and uh, it just looks awful. Yeah. Um, but it's not their fault, I don't think. I just think uh, over the last few months, they've just, just <laughs> well, nothing decent coming through. No, that's true. The cabinet's their fault. I think we said they, you know, oh, somebody the cabinet, could, yeah. the cabinet, they could, they need to sort that cabinet out. There was like an old Mr. Men book thrown in the corner as well, and it was shocking. <laughs> yeah, they've, it's, they've really let that go. But yeah, yeah. Um, they're probably just thinking the same, actually. Probably said, they must know they've got stuff coming in and yeah, but preparing for it sort of thing. Yeah. Um, And we also noted, didn't we, that, um, yeah, the branding thing. So the logo, uh, because they're just, they've still got older stock. uh, I guess you would class it now as older stock on the shelf still. It's got a combination of a few different logos and, um, you know, all of our discussions over the last few months about the branding from the BBC and the new logo and stuff, this is all to combat that stuff. So you can yeah. absolutely see why they want one logo on everything. So it's all consistent. Mm. It's a bit like, um, it's a bit like Star Wars, you know, when you go and look at some Star Wars merchandise, you don't see a slight variant of the logo on these action figures and then a different version of the logo on a t-shirt or a cap or something. It's all, mm. you know, and in my opinion, the Doctor Who brand is just as iconic as, star wars or anything else so it does need to have that very on the on the ball it needs to basically feel like the marketing team who are behind doctor who have really got their beep together mm. you know I'll, so, I'll tell you the one that's really going to upset people is the steel books mate because obviously like you know they've all <laughs> have been quite consistent haven't they this first three in terms of the the logo but then yeah, if they yeah. go and bung that new logo on Series 4 Steelbook, I think, oh, oh dear. Well, I think that's the one that's going to get people. Yeah. Do you know the one for me? I think we both mentioned this when oh, we were in there. Yeah. Is the Robert Harrop, Harrop. boxes. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to look weird. They look beautiful with the old. The, the, they've got a lovely big chunky logo, haven't they? Yeah. Essentially, yeah. the classic logo that they've used on, you know, up to now, um, Big Finish, anything to do with the classic era, Robert Harrop. It's that big McGann style chunky yes, classic yes. Yeah, yeah. you know that they've adapted slightly and use it on everything and uh it just looks beautiful on the on the harrop boxes mm. so we'll see we'll, we'll see, see what's gonna happen with that but then once we did we had a 
well, a nice bit of lunch, a couple of beers. Then we're mm. on to the quiz. So we went over to the Seabright and it was really cool. The two guys that run it were really, really nice guys, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the questions were a mix of, I would say there was a few in there that were not too bad, but there were a few in there that were very difficult. Yeah, and there was really a few difficult. where you were sort of, like, we would turn to each other and say, oh, I'm going to kick myself when they tell us yes. the answer. Like you felt like you, you knew it, but you just couldn't get it or there was one about studios wasn't it was it ealing studios was it brace and i was like oh no yeah like really just your brain just couldn't comprehend you know yeah. some of it but it was really good we had a great time didn't yeah. we it was based around um the, the bulk of it was based around multi-doctor stories so there were mm. it was questions around five doctors three doctors and day of the doctor and stuff like that yeah. we also had a couple of cool additional rounds um clayton hickman put a, a around in there was we had like a sheet with images of different roundels from the time so we had that. to yeah. put it in year order which we almost got we just got two oh we only got yeah we got two wrong, wrong way yeah and then andrew cartmel did a round as well which we did fairly decent on uh, i was gonna say I, yeah, yeah we did all right that was the seventh doctor round one. yeah we did yeah. okay on that one yeah yeah so we came fourth and i think how many teams were there seven teams i think six or seven teams mm. and we came fourth so not too bad and one of our team members uh ryan wasn't it yeah. Um, first time meeting Ryan. So I'm going to put it down to sort of, you know, that was like the warm up quiz. Mm. You know, we were gelling, you know, we were getting together as a new team. We were finding our feet, getting the vibe, you know, seeing what each other's strengths were and stuff like that. Yeah, I was going to say for, a, <laughs> that was my excuse for, come, for not winning the quiz, but yeah. for a, for a first time, I was quite happy with fourth. I just didn't want to come last. Oh, I was like, no, oh, no. but I'm, I'm going to blame. Um, I'm going to put it down to the ten percent beer that we had oh, <laughs> in that pub because yeah. I didn't. I thought you were joking me. You were like, I was like, oh, I feel a bit lightheaded. You're like, yeah, well, that beer was ten percent. I was like, no, it wasn't. Yeah. It was though, wasn't it? It, it was ten percent, yeah. It was ten percent. It's yeah. really nice. The only one that's gonna... yeah, anyone that's in that area of London at Shaftesbury near Forbidden Planet, right down on the corner, there's a massive sort of junction and it's got the whatever theatre's on the corner that Harry Potter's on at the moment. And it's got a big McDonald's and stuff like that. It's the pub that's just on the other side. It's called Br- the Brewdog Pub. So anybody yeah. that knows the Brewdog brand of beers and IPAs and stuff, it's their own pub and uh, it's pretty cool in there. It was nice and quiet. It was good, yeah. Just knocked me out, that did. Yeah, we should have taken, because um, we were there also with our good friend uh, Adam, Adam, uh, the ultimate Hoovian, and uh, he played it sensible. He just went straight in with a Oreo milkshake. Yeah, which looked lovely, actually, didn't it? Yeah, as soon as they brought it up, we were like, oh, oh I want one of those. Should have had that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But overall, it was a really good day. I love meeting up mm. uh, with, with you and um, anyone else and just having a cool, chill day in London and then being around loads of other Who fans in the pub for the quiz. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Don't forget the Gallifrey cakes. They were delicious. Oh, the I don't know, I've no yeah. idea who made them. Yeah. But the, they were lovely. They did say her name. One of the other oh. teams, um, uh, that really nice lady there, she baked two big boxfuls of cupcakes with the rattle on symbol on. They were really nice as well. Lovely, yeah. So it's really, it's a really cool day. So I would encourage anyone who's, who can get to, to London. I think the next one's on the 1st of July. I believe, or something like that. Uh, when is it? The next Sunday. Uh, they normally do the first Sunday of every month. I've got a feeling there might be football on. They may have delayed it a week, I think. Oh, I see. It's around that time anyway, the beginning yeah, of July. Yeah, it's beginning yeah. of July, yeah. Yeah, on a Sunday night, if you can get into London, um, just let them know. I think you have to reserve a, a team and a table. Um, but yeah, it's well worth it. It's a really good laugh. 
Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely we'll definitely do it again yeah. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I think we've waffled on for quite long enough. Yes. Let's see Let's what's in the it. news. Yeah. Just one bit of news, as we seem to have gone back into that pattern of not having much to talk about. Mm. Um, those of you who are into your Doctor Who comedy sketches will probably know the name Rob Lloyd. He did a quite a well-known uh, Doctor Who-themed uh, comedy um, show, which he toured, um, I believe, I could be wrong, but I, le- I believe it was um, in Australia and America at some point in the last year or two years ago. Um, But he's added a bunch of um, uh, dates to the UK, um, which start on the 27th of June, runs through to the 8th of July. And um, I I checked out a few YouTube clips of him the other day when I found this article. Mm. And essentially it's just really, uh, it's not a typical uh, comedy stand-up where you just go and, sit down and enjoy the, the comedy and humor and bugger off home. There, there's a lot of um, audience participation in this one. Ah, so I right. think he, he gets people involved and, you know, it's quite, you know, he, it's quite interactive in a way from what I saw on YouTube and people were mm. cracking up laughing. So it's essentially a, a comedy show and it's called Who Me. And it, it's, it's all Doctor Who. It, every, every bit of comedy, every sketch, every thing is a... Uh, is Doctor Who. So there's, um, uh, we've got some blurb here. So um, Rob Lloyd uh, is bringing his one-man Doctor Who themed show to UK. Uh, it sees Lloyd using a fake courtroom setting to analyse whether Doctor Who has made him an obsessive or a better person. Um, <laughs> and it goes through stories um, and photos from his childhood about Doctor Who, because he's a massive Doctor Who fan, obviously. So, mm. um, And it says... Uh, uh, Doctor Who is about to face its greatest challenge. Uh, his number one fan, Rob Lloyd, uh, is putting on the Doctor on trial. Is Doctor Who, the television show, guilty of inciting in Rob a debilitating obsession or has it shaped him into a well-rounded, mentally sound member of society? <laughs> uh, Who Me is a hilarious romp across the Doctor's 54 years, 13 faces and countless adventures. And uh, yeah, so like I said, it kicks off in Exeter, in June, the 27th of June. Then it moves to Borden on the 29th, Southport on the 30th, and then Chipping Norton on the 4th of July, Norwich on the 5th of July, Salford on the 7th of July, and finishes up in Scotland, Inverness on the 8th of July. So he's going all over, pretty much. Mm, Yeah, sweet. Which is cool. So that sounds really good. I, I was looking at tickets the other night, and Sod's Law, as was the case with most things in my life, I'm busy doing something else on the dates that <laughs> just I could too get. busy, yeah. man. You're just too busy. Yeah, I was looking at the um, the Chipping Norton one on the fourth, but my wife's birthday. We're away for that because it's her birthday two days after, so we're in Edinburgh at that time. So, yeah. But if any uh, of our listeners get to go, it, it sounds like a really cool, um, a really cool show. So if any of our listeners manage to get tickets and and go along, please let us know. Give us a mini review, mm. and we'll um. Might even play it out. Yeah, cool. I guess I'll check out some of his YouTube stuff as well because uh, he's rocking the tenth Doctor look on the poster for it, isn't he? I, I've only—I li- promise you—I've literally just realised that's him. 
and not David Tennant because <laughs> I didn't really look at it that closely. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's rocking that look. Yeah, so, it looks good. Yeah, sound sounds good. Yeah, uh, that's it for news. Shall mm-hmm. we see if Dalek Tat has cheered up a bit? Yeah, go on, Dalek Tat. Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Lethbridge Stewart, the mm-hmm. well-known character novel series that we've spoken about countless times on the show. Uh, you'll be able to bag a load of uh, novels for free. Free? This weekend on Kindle. Ah, oh, love free stuff, don't you? Yeah. So with the success of the Who Marathon on Twitch, uh, lots of new fans um, have mm. obviously been introduced to the show. And with it, the Brigadier himself. And to celebrate that, Candy Jar Books uh, are offering a special treat to new fans, a chance to see what happens next for the Brig. So on uh, free on Kindle, up until Monday the 12th of June, you can get the Top Secret Files, you can get the Dogs of War, Times Squared, Night of the Intelligence, and Avatars of the Intelligence. So you can bag five separate books on the old Kindle. That's pretty cool, actually, isn't it? I mean, they're good books anyway. So to give Mm. those as free, that's that's I'd get anyone with a Kindle get on there and get them. That's really cool. Very cool. Just head Mm. over to the website. It's candy-jar-books, I think, or candy-jar-books, something like that. Just do a search for candy jar books, yeah, or candy jar books, Lethbridge Stewart, something like that, and you'll you'll find it straight away. Um, To just jump on there, um, go to the. I think there's a banner on the website about it anyway, but otherwise, if you just choose the Kindle version, it should show up as zero or free. Um, but it's a good it's a good excuse because we've spoken about these books for so many you know for so long mm. since we first interviewed the original author um, Andy Frank Allen. What it must be two years ago now, maybe longer. Gosh, yeah. Um, and we've always spoken about them and sort of praised them because th- th- they just expand on the world of the brig so well. Um, but even if you're not new to Doctor Who via Twitch or whatever, and you've thought about it for a while, this is the perfect opportunity to bag some of these books and um, and get into it. So it's very cool. That is cool. Yeah, no, I definitely recommend getting them. Uh, right. So uh, next on the table from Dalek Tat, we've got a couple of uh, commentary CDs. So uh, Phantom Publishing, these are the guys that also do the Phantom events at Chiswick. They often bring out these CD sets where, which give you an alternative commentary <laughs> for episodes. Just confirm mm. that you you mean a, a compact disc and not CD as in dodgy. <laughs> well. The CD. Depends. If you, you know, <laughs> no, CD. Yeah. CD. Compact disc. <laughs> Audio format. Uh, yeah, because I know a lot of our listeners that are probably young probably don't even know what CD is. But yeah, so they bring these out. They're very cool because they started off by doing stories that didn't have a commentary. So that was quite nice. So it sort of filled in a gap. So some stories that released on DVD. I think the Damons is one, yep. which bizarrely doesn't have a commentary track. So these are good. And uh, the two new ones are The Massacre and Revenge of the Cybermen are the two new sets that are coming out. And um, on the massacre, you've got uh, 
these are um, moderated by Toby Haydoku, who I think is quite well known to the Hugh, Hugh community. He's very good at doing these. Um, so the first one for the massacre features Peter Purvis as Stephen Taylor, uh, David Weston, who played Nicholas Muss, Christopher Tranchell, who played Robert Colbert, and Donald Tosh, who was the writer and script editor. And it says there's also a special bonus. Uh, there's an inclusion of um, of a track from the infamous Christmas 1965 <laughs> episode, The Feast of Stephen. So that's quite cool. Uh, on the Revenge of the Cybermen one, um, you've got uh, Toby Haydock again uh, with Christopher Robbie, who played the cyber leader. David Collins. <laughs> Yay. Yay. He played uh, Voris. Uh, David Sulkin, uh, who was a Vogan. And uh, mm-hmm. Roger Murray Leach, who was the designer, and Philip Hinchcliffe, who was the producer, of course. And gosh, this is a packed commentary. You've got Michael E. Bryant, who who directed it as well. Yeah, so cool. that's yeah, uh, cool. that's quite good. Yeah, I'd actually quite um quite quite like to hear that one, to be honest with you. So yeah. you can you can get them as bundles and stuff. Um, they're usually twelve ninety nine each, but uh, I think if you buy them as a bundle, you can get them uh, a bit cheaper if you want to buy the two. Yeah, and some um, of the older ones are a tenner now. So yes, yeah. Pick up survival, talons, earthshock, all for a tenner. They're really good. It's it's amazing how many they've done actually. Because yeah. as I said, it doesn't seem doesn't feel that long ago that the first two come out, which was um, Enemy of the World and The Web of Fear, which I thought was a great idea because those two were vanilla releases at the time when they didn't have any sort of extras. So it's a great way to kick off um, these audio commentary CDs. So yeah, yeah. If if you like those stories and you and you want them. Go and get them from Phantom Publishing. Phantom. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Go and do that. I think the the Remembrance one's very good. Yeah, I haven't got it. I'd actually quite like this. One of the ones I'd really like to get, actually. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Anyways, last bit of news. The uh, Eagle Moss. <coughs> the Eagle Moss figurines. <laughs> having of, which, a f- <laughs> of which you just bought one, didn't you? Yes. I really like my little Dalek. Oh, he's cool. A little Imperial faction Dalek. Hmm. He looks completely stupid and silly next to the Robert Harrop special weapons Dalek. But... <laughs> a little baby. A little baby one, yeah. yeah. Just popped out. Um, so Eagle Moss are having a Father's Day sale. Oh. And they are offering uh, 17% off everything. 17%? Yeah. Okay. Very specific amount. Mm. One seven. Uh, so just go over to eagle uh, shop dot dot com. Uh, check out the Doctor Who section. I don't know if it's um, specific to Doctor Who because I know they do other brands as well, don't they? They do, yeah. But uh, yeah, if you're into your figurines, if you're, you've missed any, because they normally is it fortnightly or monthly? They put a magazine out with the figurine of that particular time yeah can't remember um but if you missed any or you want any or you just jump onto the website uh have a look with the eagle moss stuff i would say that it's very similar to the big chief studios figures where some of them look absolutely bang on and really good Mm. Mm. and other ones uh they yeah they're just almost there they just haven't got quite like the Time Lord Rassilon, played by, um, what's his name? Dalton, Timothy, Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Yeah, doesn't look very good. 
No, they're Versus. a bit hit and miss. Yeah, because yeah. I've got quite a few of these. Um, yeah. Matt Smith yeah. doesn't look very good at all. Uh, versus something like the um, the Yeti or the the giant robot from Robot mm. or the Croton. You know, they look really good. And my yeah. Dalek that I picked up a couple of weeks ago looks really good. So yeah, hit and miss. But they are hit and miss. I think they 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 have got better over time. The Matt Smith one is dreadful. He I think he was issue one. Uh, in fact, right. I know he was. He was the first one they did. Um, yes, uh, he does look bad, but they have got better. I mean, uh, Omega looks cool yeah. uh, with the Gale Guard. Um, yeah, I'm loving the look of the Croton. Ah, he looks right. He's a bigger one, isn't he? He's one of the special editions. So, yeah, yeah. yeah there, there is some good stuff on there. But uh, like you said, I think you <laughs> you have to pick and choose them, I think. Yeah. Um, the Rusty, you know, the Dalek Rusty. Yeah. He look, doesn't look too bad. I can't see him, but Doesn't I'll take your word for it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there's, a, there's a few others there that are pretty cool. So, these, you know, if you want to start collecting these or you miss some, now's a good chance. I think that the worst one they did was the eighth Doctor one. Did you ever see that? Oh, yeah. He looked like he'd had a pie thrown in his face. Yeah. They sort of made, tried to make him look um, <laughs> like he does in Day of the Doctor, all sort of battle damaged and stuff. It was look, just looked terrible. But, oh, no. but the, no, but they do have some good ones. I, I do like some of their stuff. I, I buy quite a few of these. Yeah. yeah. Another bad one is the Master figure. You know, the John Sims. John oh, Sims yeah. Master. He looks like uh, Jude Law. <laughs> yeah more than john sim yeah yeah um but the white robot they've just released um which we picked up in forbidden planet i mean i love i think that's great i know he's very simple and obviously you can't really go wrong with the paint apps on that one because he's he's all white but uh yeah they've got the sort of sculpting right on that one hmm. so mm. yeah check them out if that's your thing yes 17 percent, and the code to use is father 17 right father 17 Yes. Right, that's going to do for news. Let's get rid of all that. Time for review. Right, Torchwood. What is it, dude? Okay, so this is episode three now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We're on to called Ghost Machine. The problem with seeing the future is you can't just sit and look at it. I try and change things. I'm going to die. I've seen it happen. I've just seen a ghost. You saw the echo of a moment amplified by alien technology. Don't hurt me, please. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm going to kill you. Oh, God, I'm going to stop it. Help me. Torchwood continues Sunday at 10 on BBC Three. BBC Three. BBC Three. Right. Torchwood. 2006. This one was on. The 29th of October. Mm-hmm. It was written by Helen Rayner and directed by Colin Teague. The usual Torchwood crew. And uh, the plot is they're chasing uh, somebody through Cardiff at the beginning. And they think that the, the thing that they're chasing is the alien. But it turns out it's just a bit of alien tech that somebody was carrying. And um, uh, yeah, so... Gwen happens to find it and she stumbles into some kind of sort of alternate time or dimension for a few moments where she apparently sees ghosts and then somebody else, I think Owen, um, yeah, Owen has a go a bit later on and he sees yeah, he something does, yeah. horrific and then, uh, yeah, so it's a, it, the, the plot is essentially it's um, 
uh, these they they see these pockets in time and they think they're seeing ghosts and uh they sort of link them into present day things um and uh yeah and they find a second half of it don't they so they find one half of it which is seeing things in the past that have brought mm-hmm. into their time and then they find the other half of the, this alien tech and put it together and when she, when Gwen has a go on the other side uh, she sees a, a possible future which is quite yeah. disturbing yeah. and um so there wasn't much in the way of plot in this one i found in terms of there wasn't like a a a bad creature or alien to hunt down and capture mm. it was more more um them being intrigued about what they've seen as a result of using this alien device. So when Gwen sees this young lad at the train station at the beginning, who she thinks is a ghost, she goes and tracks the adult version of him down and just to sort of satisfy her own curiosity, really. And when Owen sees this um, uh, sort of horrific incident happen under the bridge of this girl getting attacked... Um, he sort of makes it his makes it his personal mission to sort of track this guy down and you know wants him to be aware that he's not going to get away with what happened to this girl mm. and um and all the whole time they're sort of tracking down this young lad who was carrying the alien device and when they find him they realize that he's just a bit of a a bit of a waster really nothing going on and um it turns out that he used the device as well he actually saw the same things that the torture guy saw. Um, and the guy that attacked the girl under the bridge, he blackmailed him for money, you know, because he, you know, I know what you've done. And um, yeah, and it sort of culminates in Gwen accidentally killing the guy who mm. did the bad thing. Um, and that was it, really. So, that, yeah, it does, it's not a typical world of Doctor Who story where there, there's an alien threat or something like that. It's more about the human emotional side of what they've seen affects them and sort of drives them to uh, satisfy their own curiosity. Really? Hmm. That's roughly it. Yeah. Um, what did you reckon to, what do you reckon to this one in ghost machine? Ghost machine. Um, I actually really enjoyed this one. Um, did? I did go. Yes, I did. Yeah. I went back and, uh, cause obviously missed, um, day one when you reviewed it a couple of weeks back so i watched day one first sort of to follow on the tortured rewatch and i was massively disappointed in that um it has not um stood the test of time very well and it it was clunky it it, you know the the adult themes in it were just embarrassing i thought it was yeah i didn't think it was very good day one um and what horrified me most of all about it is it was written by Chris Chibnall. I was thinking, oh my, this does not bode well. Um, no. So, yeah, so I finished day one and uh, thought, right, okay, mm, not good, especially as the pilot episode, Everything Changes, I thought was a good pilot. So to have that as the next episode, you know, to draw people in and we should have been sort of getting to know the characters more, but the dialogue I thought was was so clunky in that so yeah so moving on to episode three i thought oh man you know maybe torture isn't as good as i remember you know this is not going the way i remember it um so i really enjoyed this one i thought episode three actually hit a lot of the marks it needed to right. uh, the, the progression of characters was a hundred times better in this like it felt natural you know right. uh, sort of the interaction between you know, the, the sort of Torchwood team getting to know each other was so much better in this episode. Like in day one, they were just kind of throwing insults at Gwen. You're the new girl. And it was <laughs> awful. Like in this, there's banter, but it, it, it was so much 
um, the writing was so much better uh, in this, I have to say. And I thought the concept was really good because uh, we kick straight into the action, don't we, of Gwen chasing this lad. So you're like, oh, wow, we're straight into it. No messing, really fast cutting direction. Um, she gets this device. We see this little, you know, this little kid at the train station and she's going back in time. So it drew me in. Mm-hmm. instantly from the first five minutes and uh, and it i just thought it held my attention all the way through because i was really getting bored uh in the middle of day one i was i was genuinely really <laughs> not with that episode at all but this one held my attention all the way through i thought it was a, a really good concept and i enjoyed it quite dark in places but mm. whereas day one didn't handle the adult themes very well at all i didn't think this one had some very dark adult themes but i think it did handle it very well. Right. I mean, the, right. the, the scene under the bridge is quite unpleasant mm-hmm. and it does go quite close to the knuckle, but it, I think they took it just as far as it needed to go without, because you knew what was happening, but it yeah. didn't, you know, like that some of the scenes in day one with the girl in the, you know, some of the stuff they showed, I just thought was gratuitous and, and, and unnecessary. Whereas I thought in this, it was dark and there were unpleasant scenes, but they didn't sort of dwell on it it just showed you what was going on enough to put you in the picture and then bring you back out when the machine switched off so yeah i, I thought this was very good mate i, I mean I, I, there are a couple of niggles with it which i'll go into as we go through there's a couple of little bits i thought could have really brought the episode up to a great episode but um i thought this was pretty strong for episode three i thought it was good yeah what did you think yeah i, I quite like this one actually yeah it's um it's got a, as often is the case with Torchwood, it does have a bit of a darker side to it. And this one in particular has got a, quite a dark undertone mm. to it, which you would expect from, from Torchwood. And um, it's, a, it's a surprising, it's a surprisingly good script from Helen Rayner because I've got mm. nothing against, you know, Helen Rayner, but she hasn't, she hasn't written the best stories for doctor who i would say so she wrote the um daleks in manhattan evolution oh, yes. of the Dalek story. I, knew, I thought i knew the name yeah and she also wrote um the centauran stratagem slash mm. the poison sky it was all right that one but um mm. but sort of the best thing that she's worked on really is the um is she was she was editing the script for silence in the library and forest of the dead oh right and also for Midnight. Which is a cracker. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of like when she's, you know, she's got a script to work on that's not hers and she's editing it and going through it, it's fairly good. But mm-hmm. the script that she's she's that she wrote herself, I've not been too sort of sold on. But mm. I thought she did a really decent job with this um, because I think you have to find that balance between, because it is a bit depressing in a way. You know, the, the story is quite dark. It's very dark, yeah. yeah it, it's finding a balance between making it entertaining as well. You don't just want to sat there thinking like, "Oh God, I want to kill myself after this," mm. you know, hmm. or you know, not that extreme, but you know, you just you don't want you want to walk away feeling right. That was that was very cool, mm. you know. You don't want to feel too down afterwards. So I think she struck a good balance with it, and I really like the 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 how Gwen's characters progressing through this as well because they have yes. These, because we've we've already had like the in the past two stories we've already had the sort of initiation period with Gwen where she's joined Torchwood and now she's finding her feet uh, and now she seems to be in the flow of how Torchwood how they work you know with the late hours and the constant thing 
but they they're still trying to put this angle in where she's balancing balancing her life alongside that so we have these scenes where kai is um um calling her um is it kai or uh, hold on it, well kai's the uh, actor reese sorry yeah yeah sorry of course yeah so reese you know you know he's like trying to you know, you coming home, you having dinner, that sort of thing. Mm. You know, and there's a really nice scene where she, and it's really funny because I think it was in, uh, what was the the first one that we reviewed? Day one. Was it day one or everything changes? Everything changes. Yeah, there was, there was a, a scene where it's quite funny where Captain Jack says quite seriously that, you know, all of the alien tech and everything, it all stays here. It's all locked down in Torchwood. Mm. But then everyone sneaks something home with them. You know, that scene where... They yeah. all nab a little bit. They've all got something, yeah. yeah. So Gwen's done the same thing where she's taken this bit of alien tech home. There's a really nice scene where uh, she's had not an argument, but like a bit of a to-do with with Reese on the phone. So he's buggered off out with his mates because, you know, he doesn't want to wait around for her all night. So she comes home, she's by herself. She takes the thing out of her bag and she uses it. And instead of the other scenes that we see where people use the tech and it reveals some kind of sad moment or a, you know, a horrible moment, it's really nice because it replays all of the really lovely scenes where she and Reese were together years mm. before. Um, so there's like these really cute little, it's, it's a bit cheesy. It's like these cute little coupley scenes, you know, and it sort of reminds her that yes, you know, she, she obviously likes what she does now at Torchwood, but you know, her life away from that and her relationship with Reese is, she doesn't want to forget that. It's just as important. Mm. So, I, I absolutely loved that scene, mate. I, I nice, really yeah. did. Yeah, because it's um, it's a simple idea, but it's, it's just the fact the machine. Because she's yeah, she's a bit like like we all do. We all have little fallouts of our partners, and we're like, oh god, you know, we always, you know. And she's sort of I don't know. She started to sort of give Jack a bit of the eye. I think she started to take a shine to Jack, and she's probably thinking, you know, oh, he's you know, because he's quite nice. And and then yeah, it's just yeah. that that machine reminds her actually of what she's got with Reese. Yes. And it's lovely because yep. it's just, you know, she, she's, I think we sort of can all, a lot of us can put ourselves in that situation of sort of sitting there thinking, God, I'm really fed <laughs> up with my other half. And then, and then you, <laughs> you know, you need that reminder of like how the things, you know, what you love about them and that machine shows her. And I thought, I thought it was just a lovely, simple idea. Look, just little moments as well. It's just them, her laughing at him, looking awful in the suit and, yeah. you know, chase each other around the room with a staple. I thought, yeah, it's just simple. Um, but I loved it because cool. when she first switches on in the flat, um, you wonder what she's going to see because everything else has been horrific. Yeah. So you're like, Oh my gosh, because it's, this is what I love about the concept, mate, is this idea that every room you're in has got a history and got ghosts in that room mm-hmm. and, you know, not ghosts as in a whoa, floating sheet, you know, but ghosts of, you know, stuff's happened in that room. I just thought that's great actually. Cause it, I was sat here thinking, I live in a quite an old house. I was thinking, I wonder what, yeah, blimey, I wonder what's happened in here over the years. Like, if I had that machine, it'd be so fascinating to <laughs> to switch it on and see events happening in the room. So I, I really like that scene. I love the fact that we're expecting something bad, aren't we? And it yeah, shows yeah. her these beautiful moments and just reminds her, you know, oh God, you know, I really love my fella. You know, it's, it's, it's and yeah, I, I really liked that bit, mate. No, I agree. Good. Yeah. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, so I, I like the fact that we see those scenes because mm. it does help to it, it creates some sort of relatability with her character. We can mm. relate to her because 
we've kind of it's, it's a bit like um it's a bit like one of the companions in Doctor Who. You know, we we never pick up the story from when the Doctor. I mean, the closest we ever got to it was one of the flashback scenes in the time streams where we saw Hartnell going up to one of the TARDIS. So that was when he was mm. very first going to run away from Gallifrey, steals the TARDIS. Yeah. And Clara's there. She's like, no, you want that one. They want that one. So that's probably the closest that we'll see. And other than like the little things in, again, in some of the flashbacks where we see a very young doctor as a boy get taken to, what is it, the untempered schism. You know, when they they stare into the time vortex as young time lords and they, they mm. either go mad or they, they sort of handle it. Um, so we see that stuff but only like little tiny pockets so mm. we never we will never sort of pick up where the doctor very first started his adventures do we it's always we pick up with the doctor mid something mm. so with gwen it's a bit like some of the companions with doctor who we we're seeing her fresh now you know we're we're kind of on this journey with her through yeah. torchwood so these little scenes and especially in this episode they really push her character forward another notch because she is she is battling with that you know she's gone from a fairly i'm not sure she didn't have a a sort of a 9 to 5 office job but she did have a fairly normalish job as a policeman policewoman mm. and um and she says it again to jack you know when that scene where they're in the firing range in the hub and they finished and she, and he's like oh look at the time and she's like don't you ever go home and yeah. then we have that realization that he actually doesn't. He just no. stays at the you know the hub all the time, and and then that's when she goes home and she uses the thing. That, and then we have the scene that we just said. Mm. So overall, as as well as the very cool concept of the story about this machine that enables you to see these little pockets in time, either forward or back, I like the fact that we're on this journey with Gwen, and you know we relate to her character, and she goes through these everyday sh- because. Torchwood is cool in that it's grounded in a way. Because if we think about Doctor Who, you know, that's very more, that's a lot more sort of space-esque, um, you know, very fantastical storytelling, you know, where mm. you jump off into an adventure and you go off in space and time and there's, you know, lots of strange stuff going on. Whereas with Torchwood, it's really grounded, you know, Gwen sees this as a job, not as yeah. like, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a little lovesick puppy running around after Captain Jack, mm. you know, they, they see it as a, as a more humanitarian thing. Yeah. So Torchwood is a lot more grounded for me in terms of, you know, being in the world of Doctor Who, obviously. Um, and I think it's so important. And I think the reason why it works is because Russell's behind it. And as we all know, and we've spoken about many times, Russell's so good at the character creation. You know, he creates mm. great characters. He writes well for them. He sets the, the scene for them very well and so on. And now it's just up to the other writers who they brought in to sort of continue that and push the characters along. And I think if you didn't relate to them, you you would just switch off. Mm. You know, if you if you couldn't relate to these people. So the the two things that I really like about this, and I know I'm going on a bit now, but so the first one is Gwen's, Gwen's character. I really like how they're moving her forward. And the other one is we kind of get a cool relatability to um, to Owen in this one. 
Yes. Because yeah. the scene where he's under the bridge and he uses the the ghost machine, I guess you call it, the, the tech, yeah. and it takes him, you know, it, it, it shows that moment in time around him of that that person, you know, attacking the girl under the bridge. He takes that really personally. Mm. And it's almost like, would we do the same thing? You know, if we knew that that had happened. Because when they go back to the hub afterwards, they start investigating the people that were in these pockets of time, don't they? That they were, yeah. they saw as ghosts. So he finds out who he is, where he lives, and he kind of goes off the radar a little bit, Owen, doesn't he? Mm. I think yeah. uh, Jack says, you know, Owen did a bit, it. <laughs> a bit of freelance work, I think he said. Yeah. Um, but that, again, is another really relatable thing. It's like if we had the the knowledge that some that we knew who that person was who was responsible for killing that person mm. would we go and get you because know, it really angers him because it really shut you know it shakes well, yeah, him up he can't move can he yeah. i mean if you put yourself in the situation he's just um he's just a bystander witnessing what's going on but he can't do anything about it and you would if you put yourself in a situation you yeah i think you would do that you'd sort of think you know i've got to find out who that guy was because the guy who's um, killed this girl was never caught was he, he got away with it That's so right. if yeah. you found out if you sort of if you were in that situation and then you go back and you find that out and you find out actually he lives just around the corner you might you know be tempted to do what Owen does and say you know go and go and just let him know that actually he didn't get away with it people you know I know you did it sort of thing and yeah I, I think the character progression is 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 so good in this episode um, they're so much more likable like they're not very likable in day one they're very catty and you sort of think why would Gwen want to join these guys they're not they're horrible yeah. you know um and the stress of the job and that you'd probably think she'd quit after day one but in this um yeah i mean Bern gorman as owen he gets some really good stuff to do in this mm-hmm. and he does it really well i was gonna say the acting seems to have gone up a notch uh in this one as well like it was a bit it was i mean they, they're a bit sort of um it's a bit forced in the previous episode. It didn't seem like they knew where they were going. It makes you wonder if they filmed it, you know, out of sequence because they everyone right. seems to be gelling a lot mm-hmm. more, and the acting's uh, definitely better in this episode as well from everybody, like from Gwen to Owen to you know, and they they get so you know so much more to do, um, especially mm-hmm. Owen. I think he really shines in this episode. Yeah, yeah. and you you're right. I think we kind of put ourselves in his shoes as well, don't we? So they sort of think when he's sort of going, because he doesn't go around and like when he finds the murderer, he doesn't go around there and just, you know, when the door opens, punches him in the face or anything like that. He actually does it in a really intelligent mm-hmm. way, doesn't he? He just goes and sits with him and says, you know, he, he uses words to, to let him know that actually I know what you did. You know, you thought you got away with it, but I'm, I'm here to tell you. You didn't, and he doesn't. You know, he just lets him know that he's, you know, he reminds him what he's done. Yeah. Um, so it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a good scene, and, it, and it's well written for him, I think. It is, yeah, because yeah. I think in the last two episodes, especially the first one, um, everything changes. He mm. really, he just gets portrayed as just a bit of a lad, really, doesn't he? He's yeah, just, very cocky, isn't he, in the first two? Yeah. Whereas this one, you can see that it sort of shook him up when he first saw it. And mm. and you can tell that it doesn't leave his mind. It's really affected him, and he wants to do something about it. Because there's a scene where I think it's his flat, and he's just got all the paperwork everywhere, and it's late at night. He's not sleeping, and you know he's still thinking about it. And like you said, he handles it in a really it's actually a pretty cool way, actually. Because he yeah he's got that he sort of his voice goes really low and 
soft, mm. but it's really intimidating. And he, the, and the guy that he's talking to, you know, is getting clearly flustered and yeah. something's not quite, you know. And it turns out that the guy's developed like depression and everything over the years, seemingly caused by this event that, you know, this thing that he did to this girl years ago. Mm. Um, and which provided a bit of a twist because when, um, when Gwen uses the other half of the, the thing that they find later on when they question, uh, what's the, the young lad, uh, Bernie, that young lad, Bernie, yeah. when they question him and he says, Oh, you don't want the other half then. And they, you know, she uses it. There's the image or the, you know, the, yeah, the image that she sees is her hands covered in blood with a knife mm. and, um, something to do with Owen. So she thinks, she thinks that, you know, Owen's going to die and she's got blood over. And it turns out that the, the old guy, um, was um was actually wanting to kill himself, didn't he? Yeah, pretty much. He just couldn't. Yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd finally sort of admitted in his own mind what he'd done and just couldn't face it. I suppose. Yeah. So yeah. instead of actually doing that, he sort of runs towards Gwen and throws himself onto the knife that she's holding. Mm. Mm. So it turns out because because uh, Owen flips, doesn't he? That's another cool thing with, with Owen. That well, oh yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. So he has that scene earlier where he's very cool and collected, and he's being quite sinister to the guy. Yeah. Just letting him know that he knows what he did, you know, uh, uh, to later on where he confronts him when everyone's out in the street. Owen flips and grabs the knife and is I'd, about to... You know, I'd forgotten that. Yeah, he does, because he kind of reenacts what the guy did to the girl. Yes. Doesn't he? By holding yeah. the knife to the face. So it kind of yeah. gives him a bit of a taste of his own medicine. But yeah, he does He does flip out, actually. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, um, and then, it, you know, Owen backs off. So you think, hold on a minute, this is not... Maybe, you know, this isn't because Jack does try to sort of put Gwen at ease by saying, look, this is one of, you know, possible many, many futures, you know, don't, don't lose sleep over it. And mm. then the, the guy sort of rushes at Gwen to sort of, to kill himself. He sort of lunges onto the knife. You can see that quite clearly. Yeah. And, and that's how her hands get covered in blood and stuff. So she, she sees the correct future, but it's not quite as she thought. She thought Owen died mm. and stuff. So it's a nice little twist, I guess, towards the end. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it does sound very dark. As we've said, there are a few scenes where it's, it, it's, um, it goes quite adult and quite dark. But the thing I like about this story is it's not that forced adultness that, you know, a lot of people do think about tortured where they just throw mm. in a load of swearing for the sake of it and sex yeah. and some other stuff just because it can be adult. I, I feel like this one was a, it was mature enough in a way that it wasn't forced, if that makes sense. No, definitely. I, was, yeah. <clears throat> I said earlier they they handle the adult themes much better in this. There there is still a bit of swearing into it, but it doesn't. It, it's not. It doesn't jump out as me thinking. You know, like sometimes it does in torture. You think, oh yeah, they didn't need that there, mm, but they've yeah. thrown it in. It, there were one or two swear words in this, but it's more the sort of um, the general theme of the episode of seeing some of these, you know, dark. Uh, stories like the stuff that happens yeah. under the bridge i mean that's very dark um but it's filmed and done very well i think uh, it didn't it didn't strike me as being sort of gratuitous or there to shock it was there because it you know it needed to be there for, for you know for the story to progress um and i love the twist actually that when the guy says oh don't you want the other half of the machine i thought that was great because it never even like they're like what they're, and and me as a viewer was the same i was like oh that's cool. So there's another half that shows you the, you know, future. That's a, a nice, simple little mm -hmm. idea that's thrown in quite late in the day. 
Um, yeah. and I, I kind of sort of wanted to explore that a bit more because they've got this great machine. And then once they put it together, you sort of think they're going to have some fun with it. But they actually, <laughs> that's more or less the last we see of it, really. Yeah. And I was, that's one of the things I would have liked to have seen a bit more of. I was thinking, oh, they've, they've actually got the machine together now. So let, what are they going to do with it? Um, but they're sort of scared to use it, really, aren't they? They don't want to. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the the conundrum that they find themselves in, isn't it? And I think mm. it's um, so they they learn about it as these events are going on. So they do all their usual um, sort of tech stuff that they have in the hub for Torchwood. So they scan it and try and find out its origin and all that stuff. Mm. And uh, they, it turns out it's um, it, it's the use of the nanotechnology, and st- which which has been mentioned a couple of times in yeah. newer Doctor Who, and. Uh, so they realize it's there and it's all very sci-fi and techie and stuff. Um, but for me, I found that that didn't detract from the human side of the story. Mm. Sometimes it does. Sometimes in Doctor Who or Torchwood or Sarah Jane, sometimes you do have these, these um, sort of alien devices or whatever, and it can feel a little bit technology led, which is not a bad thing if you know it fits in the story. But I yeah. found that that didn't detract. It was more about the emotional side of the effects of this thing that um, that sort of made the story. And um, yeah, so I think it, that's a conundrum they find themselves in. It's like there's this really cool, amazing piece of tech that mm-hmm. allows you to see these ghosts around you, whether it be in the past or the future. Yeah. And I think it's Captain Jack that closes it all down at the end, isn't it? He, he yeah. clearly says, you know, this is not for us. This is not. You know, he can see the danger. Although it's a cool thing to have, he can see the mm. danger in it. So he very clearly, as the boss, he's like, you know, this is not for us. And then he he throws it to um to what's his face? Yanto. Yanto throws it at him. He's like, in the archives, mm. yep, <laughs> you know, get rid of it, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um I always forget Yanto's name. We haven't really got to see much of Yanto yet. It's We're three quiet. episodes in. Mm. And he he pops into little scenes, throws in a few quirky bits of dialogue, and then we and then he's gotten any. He? So I know he comes into it more later, but yeah, we're only just getting to know Yanto, aren't mm, we? Yeah, yeah. So it's um, yeah. So he does pop up only little pockets, doesn't he, at the minute, or just mm. one scene in the in the whole thing. But yeah, but yeah. So that's how they, which is a really cool way of doing it, because sometimes you get the feeling that in the hub at Torchwood, there's just loads of stuff lying yeah. around. Yeah. You know, and it and it's cool because it would be a bit unrealistic to just throw it on the side and just have it there with all the other stuff. It it's quite important it needs to be locked away and and uh not be played with. Because mm. it's really it's, havoc for them guys, really. For those guys. Yeah. I was gonna say that's that's just making me think of that scene in the previous episode where the gas is trying to escape and Owen throws that stolen bit of thing that captures oh, yeah. it in the prison yeah. it's so bad that bit i'm thinking what because <laughs> because jack tells him off for having it doesn't he and he's like oh yeah i've just like captured the prisoner but yeah but that was so clunky compared to how they use this sort of device mm-hmm. in the way it was written if you know what i mean yes mm. uh, i liked how this was shot as well because this one yes. doesn't rely on a- any cg at all the only thing the only sort of effects that you see is when the device is being used they put this sort of effect on the world that sort of grays everything out and it goes like very um it's sort of the 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 world around you seems a bit warped and slightly out of out of kilter um 
It's quite an unsettling effect, actually, isn't it? Yeah, it sort yeah. of blurs around the edges and yeah. stuff, yeah. So the audio, it kind of feels like you're underwater a little bit and mm. and it sort of desaturates everything. So but I thought that was really well done. So with the exception of that, it didn't need to have any, you know, there were no CG scenes needed. There were no funky no. bits of gas floating around. <laughs> there was no funky aliens that needed prosthetics or anything like that, so... That didn't really occur to me, mate, until now, but you're absolutely right, actually. They managed to make the episode look really good because, mm-hmm. like, the – I suppose, yeah, they're, they're more using, like, um, you know, uh, quite natural resources. Like, for example, when she sees the kid at the train station, so they go back in time. So they just change – I noticed they changed the grate behind us a really old-fashioned. Yeah. That's such a simple, nice idea just mm-hmm. to make – you know, make, show the difference between how a train station would have looked le- then compared to now. And then it drifts back and suddenly the sort of ticket machines are suddenly there. And just things like that, you know, more physical effects rather than, like you said, CGI and stuff. And it, it works really well, actually. It does. Yeah. And mm. it's, it's nicely shot as well. It's, um, it is. Yeah. It's well directed, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Colin Teague did a good job. Yeah. And uh, still relying heavily on the Welsh aspect of Torchwood. Yes, so, I like um, that. Yeah, yeah, so it's very, uh, you know, anyone that's seen Torture would know it's, it, it's kind of uses the, uh, a lot more so than Doctor Who. Um, mm. It really utilizes the setting around it and, you know, the Welsh people, and even more so in this one, because when they do track down this young lad, uh, Sean, uh, I think his nickname's Bernie, um, they have a funny moment where he's like, he's in splot, and they have like a little giggle, splot, that sounds weird, and... I think it's um, I think it might be Yanto that says I think it's pronounced Splo, something like that. Mm. So that's a funny little scene. But it just and it, we also get these really, you, you know, the usual big sweeping helicopter camera scenes of Cardiff and stuff. Yeah. So um, it it definitely still rolls along that you know we're you know we don't want you to, you know, to be mistaken here. We're in Wales. This is definitely Wales, definitely Cardiff. Mm. Everything's um, very Welsh. Yeah, I lo- I love that as well. It's not it's not Cardiff pretending to be London. It's very much like you said. We're in Wales, uh-huh. um, and I noticed the weather changes very quickly in Wales. Because did you notice um, <laughs> when Owen spots Bernie? You know when he comes out from seeing uh, uh, the murderer, and he comes oh, yeah. out and he sees yeah. him, doesn't he? Just link loitering around, yeah. and they have a chase. Did you notice that when they? first started chasing each other it was absolutely pouring with rain and owen's hair is he's like drenched yeah, yeah. it looks like because and it's very it happens very quickly so i'm assuming they sort of by the time they actually got to roll the take it absolutely <laughs> poured down because he looks drenched <laughs> in that very first few seconds of that chase scene and then they start jumping over walls and suddenly it's all sunny and dry and it's like hairs all spiked up and and stuff and it i noticed it did change a couple of times <laughs> in that chase scene from like yeah. really wet to, to think but it, it that very beginning bit you have a look you can see mm-hmm. on camera you can actually see the rain is pouring down yeah. uh, when he first starts chasing him yeah well, it's not <laughs> that unrealistic that, for wales no i was gonna say <laughs> i've been to wales i was obviously very lucky because they make a joke about the weather don't they in this yes. one i think and yeah. i was thinking oh it's lovely when i went to wales lovely sunny but yeah, yeah. it does <laughs> but it is good it's lot. good to see the locations I, I do love the fact it's um like deliberately trying to put Wales, you know, mm-hmm. on the map, it, right in your face. We're yeah. in Wales. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. You do have a lot of rain showers in Wales. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason for that is because there's a mountainous region oh. along that runs along sort of the Midwest to the West of Wales. And all of the, all of the, um, 
clouds and air that come sort of west off the Atlantic, you know, into Wales. Yeah. The sort of air rises up over this mountainous region, and as it drifts over the rest of Wales, you know, it turns to rain. Oh, right. There you go. That's That must have been what happened. Must have been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, story-wise, yeah. I think it's a great story for Torchwood. It's a good story. A yeah. bit of an understated story as well. It's really not mm. one that when you've got some, you know, peeps together and you're talking about Torchwood, it's not one that you sort of bring up that often. So it's a bit, I wouldn't say it's a hidden gem as such, but it, it's, a, it's definitely an understated story. It doesn't shout from the rooftops like, hey, you know, come and watch. This is a really dark, miserable, mm-hmm. you know, but cool story. It just sort of, it's left to sort of bask in its own greatness, if you like, within series one. That's very true, mate, because I, I must admit, I felt like I was watching a new episode. I mean, mm. I've, I've clearly seen this before, um, probably seen it a couple of times over the years, but I hadn't remembered it and uh, I couldn't remember you know, I wasn't sat there thinking, oh, yes, I remember now in a minute yeah. they find the second. You know, it was all felt quite fresh to me. And I, I did uh, find myself really enjoying it. So it is a bit of a, like you said, it's not quite a hidden gem because it doesn't, it's a good story and it's a good progression of characters, but it doesn't quite have that enough to take it to anywhere sort of, you know, yeah. greatness. Yeah. But it is good. Yeah, it's a good one. And I thought the performances mm. were very good in this one. All, yeah. all round, really. So the supporting yeah. cast, so... Uh, the the young lad Bernie, he seems sort of genuinely sort of petrified the whole time. I'm sure I've seen him in something else. You know, I reckon I think, he looks so familiar. I think he's he plays a very similar character in the film. What's that Simon Pegg film? And Nick Frost, where they're he's a policeman and he gets drafted out to the countryside hot fuzz, hot fuzz. i think he's he's a, almost the same character he's like the the local youth that steals something from the supermarket oh is he in that is he and he gets oh, i right. don't know if it's him but it looks oh. awfully like him he just looked really familiar so yeah. i'm sure i've seen him before yeah um so the supporting cast was really good so he was quite good he looked mm. you know very worried and almost petrified most of the time yeah and the 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 old guy that gwen and owen go to see near the beginning you know she goes to see the, the 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 young lad that she saw as a ghost at the train station. She goes to see yeah. him when he's a lot older, and he re- sort of retells the story of him being evacuated and you know and all that stuff. It's quite heartwarming, really. Now I'm glad you've mentioned it, mate, because um, I actually loved that scene, and mm. I, but because of his performance, because it's one of those instances that we sort of happens now and again um, where you get like a tiny little part for an actor but they've given it their all. Yeah, and yeah. and it's a lovely touching, the way he acts it is beautiful. Because I thought we were going to see more of him because he was that good. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking, oh, clearly he's, you know, what's his part in this story? What's going on here? So John Normington is the actor, t- yeah. playing Tom, the older Tom Flanagan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just thought like for that, he's only in it for like five minutes, if that, isn't he? Just talking about how he was brought over from the war yeah, and yeah. there was no one there to meet him and, you know, he eventually the family come and got him and beautifully written scene, but just so beautifully performed by him. Mm-hmm. So I was really surprised we didn't see him again. I was just like, Oh wow. That actor sort of delivered there. That five minute performance was, was brilliant. Really, good. Um, It really yeah. drew me in. I was listening to everything he was saying is, you know, the way he was acting it, his facial expressions was, it was really natural and heartwarming performance for such a small, tiny bit of dialogue. So, 
you know, I just think he deserves special mention because, as I said, he's not really relevant in terms of the you know the story in in terms of the plot. You know, what I mean, he doesn't. As I said, we don't see him again. He's nothing to do with the murder or, or anything like that. But I just thought. It's a, just a great scene. It reminds me a little bit of the sort of cafe scene remembrance in that it's just a lovely little scene that's in there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, yeah. 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 So a great little performance from him. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. And the the guy that played um, Ed, you know, the guy that attacks the girl. Yes. So the, um, <laughs> so Gareth Thomas, he plays the, the older Ed Morgan. So, um, yeah, he's uh, one of your one of your yeah. dudes. I know it's, it's it's terrible to see him playing such a horrible part, actually. But he's good, isn't he? He's very he's really he's very sinister. good in it. Yeah. I was going to say he plays it so well. I mean, Gareth Thomas is a good actor, anyway. He was, um, yeah. but obviously, yes, as I'm sure a lot of our listeners know, he, he was Blake in Blake Seven, my favourite. <laughs> so, yeah, Blake! I. I Blake, when he shoves himself on the knife at the end, I was in my head. I could hear us both going, Blake. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it's, it's, I love the fact he's in Torchwood, um, mm-hmm. even though he's playing this horrible character. He mm-hmm. plays it brilliantly. I mean, the scene when Owen's taunting him in his front room, reminding him of what he did, you know, he's, he's really playing, playing like, um, uh, you know, he plays it so well. He doesn't sort of, you know, his reaction's very subtle. Mm-hmm. It's a very subtle performance. He's just clenching his hands. It's, it's all about the eyes and he's, you know, can see it all coming back to him through his facial expressions yeah. without being like going over the top and shouting. So, so I thought he gave a great performance in this and I, I, I love the fact he's, he's in it obviously because I, you know, I like the actor, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's a horrible part. It's a horrible character, it but is, man, does yeah. he play it well? I he, thought he does. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then, um, yeah, so Reese. Kai Owen, he's um you can't not like Reese, can you? No, he's 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 absolutely lovable, isn't he? And he's just he's a typical lad and he uh, uh, I, I know we use this word a lot, but he is relatable, isn't he? Absolutely. Like we, we look yeah. at him and Gwen as a couple and mm-hmm. I think, you know, they I find them a very believable couple. Because he's like this kind of, he's just a nice guy. He's not perfect. He gets stuff wrong. He doesn't know how to use the washing machine properly. Like, which drawer does the powder go in? He's just a great character. I think think, um, Kai plays him really well. Yeah. Uh, He's so likable. Yeah. And he comes into his own, doesn't he, Reese? As oh, we go definitely. on, but um, yeah. yeah, he's very—he's a very cool character, and he sort of ground. He's—he's the—the uh, the other side of the coin for Gwen at the minute, because Absolutely. you can tell that, like I said earlier, she seems to understand how Torchwood works now, and she almost starts to get caught up in it herself, where she's there for like all hours, and she, you know, she's there late at night, and um, it's Reese really that's like the other side of her that keeps her feet on the ground, so to speak. Yeah, I'll definitely. As I said, I think they're a great, great sort of, not double act, but they're a great pairing, yeah. those two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've spoken about Yanto, uh, Gareth, uh, David Lloyd, very small part, nothing too crazy there. Um, Tosh, uh, she had a, a fairly decent role in this, but not. She, I, don't, I don't think she, she um, sort of shone as much as Gwen and Owen, and I don't think she was supposed to either. I think no. the story was meant to be more about those two and, and Jack potentially, but she was still there as backup doing her thing. The old uh, computer whiz. 
Yeah, she's not in it much, but do you know what she did? I did still notice she was good mm. in her scenes because there's a little bit of um, there's a little bit of friction between her and Owen. I notice, which I I think, if my memory serves me right, um, comes into play later on in the series. But there was a couple of little snidey remarks. You're sort of thinking, is something something happened between those two? Like, you know, has there been a drunken staff party where they've had a bit <laughs> of a snog or something? Because there's there's a little bit of underlying tension there. I mean. But I, I thought she was really good in the scene she was in. She did, again, you know, just a good performance, and she's gelling quite nicely with like Owen and the rest of the cast and stuff. So, yeah. yes, I'm liking Tosh. Yeah, she's good. And if anybody, I don't know if you've listened to it, mate, but did you um, listen to the recent Big Finish, the Tortured Believe story yet? No, I don't. No, I don't have any. Of the, I've only got one of the Tortured ones actually. Yeah. yeah. So there's a there's a scene with. Owen and Tosh. Oh yeah. In that. And it's not what you think. Oh um, right. But uh it, it's very, very um dark. Oh. Yeah. So there is definitely something <laughs> between those two. Yeah. Um, but it's not yeah. So anyone that's not listened to the Believe story from Big Finish, yeah. It's um yeah, it's very dark and adult. Okay, it, well, I'll it, bear that in mind. <laughs> it involves those two, so you're not right. far off the ball there. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's mm. definitely something there with those two, but um, yeah, and uh, oh, we've spoken about uh, Bern Gorman. He's um, he really gets to shine in this. Yeah. yeah, very good actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gwen, Eve, Miles. There was an interesting scene that I I can't quite figure out, mm. and it involves her and, and Jack. The gun scene. Yeah. Mm. So I can't quite get my head around the purpose of that scene it, for me uh, well when we come on to scores in a minute I'll, mm. this was one of the reasons why i marked it down a score yeah but there was that scene where there's the shooting range in the one of the tunnels at the hub and for some reason uh, uh well we're in the uk so police don't carry guns here um but you would have even so you'd have thought that being in the police force you'd have had some exposure to firearms in some I way. I thought that, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's down really to Captain Jack. He he teaches her how to use these, uh, you know, different guns and so on. But it's done in a really weird way where it's really flirtatious and, you know, he's all over her at one point, you know. And yeah. And he's really kind of, you know, uh, and not sort of making a move on her, but sort of making it aware that, you know, he's you know, he's Captain Jack, you know, and he's like, mm. you know, the sexual energy, you know, that he gives off sometimes and all that stuff. And, but I just didn't feel like there was any need for that scene to be in the story at all. It just serves mm. absolutely no purpose. It doesn't move the story along. It's not related to any of the other characters in the story. It's completely isolated. It's a isolated little scene, mm. but it just feels weird because Captain Jack's never had a reason. You know, he's never shown interest in Gwen up to this point. And he knows that she's kind of with Reese and she's happy with him and yeah, you know, all that stuff. And I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that scene, but I just no, feel a I, bit I, cringe. I, and what's this, what's going on here? I absolutely feel the same, mate. In fact, it's the one point in the episode where I thought, oh, are we going to lose, you know, is it losing it here? Because I didn't like that either, because he's really lecherous. He's like grabbing her, his hands all over. It's really like, yeah, I found it necessary. It's 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 very forced. It's, it reminds me of the, there's a bit at the end of um, day one where 
Gwen kisses him and says, thanks for saving me. And, but she kisses him on the lips and there's this sort of slight moment of flirtation. I was like, really? Yeah. It, it feels like they're trying to force the two of them together. And I think because I like Reese so much, <laughs> you know, it, I don't like Jack moving in on Gwen like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, yeah, okay, we get it. Captain Jack's into everything. Fine. But yeah, I will, ag- I, I will agree with you, mate. It, it, it didn't annoy me, but it did make me think... Oh, this is a shame because, like you said, it's it's out of nowhere. It doesn't really have anything to do with the episode. It feels like they're trying to fill a few minutes. Yeah, um, yeah. If we'd have had a scene of Gwen learning to shoot a gun in in the previous episode, I can kind of get it because we're showing that she's, you know, mm-hmm. being brought into the Torchwood way of life. Okay, but yeah, I agree with you, mate. It felt um, it, he just seems lecherous in it. I didn't like it either uh, at all, really. Um, mm. yeah, it does. It has brought my school down a bit as well. Just didn't like the scene. I love the torch with headphones they're wearing, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's the only thing I like about the scene. And I, I wonder if it was, um, filmed in the flatline tunnel. I kept thinking that's the tunnel from flatline. It does look like it, doesn't it? I think it is. But anyway, yeah, yeah no, I will agree with you, mate. It just felt a little bit too, uh, seedy, felt a bit seedy, mm. unnecessary. Unnecessary, absolutely. And I think yeah. I think we've got more of that to come. I don't know, as I said, my memory of Torchwood's really hazy. Um, I can't remember it. But I do remember there are scenes in this series where I was like, I don't like all the flirtatious stuff between mm-hmm. Gwen and Jack. Because she's a strong female character. She doesn't need to fall for Jack. You know what I mean? It, it just doesn't need yeah. to be. But anyway, I don't know. I might be jumping the gun because I, I can't remember. But I do remember thinking, you know, didn't need it. Yeah. Didn't need it. Outside of that scene, all good. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, um, Eve Miles doing a decent job. And really, sh- a bit like um, like Byrne uh, Gorman, those scenes where she does use the machine to see the ghosts. And especially at the end, where she's absolutely knocked for six, that she's, she thinks that she's killed Ed, the old Ed Morgan. Mm. She thinks it's her fault, you know, and yeah. she's just absolutely distraught. So... There are scenes like that, and that's what's kind of cool about Eve Miles. That she goes from these scenes where she's sort of happy and fluffy, where she's mucking around with Reese, and it's all good, to these scenes where she has to be sort of horrified and quite scared. So, yeah, mm. I, I like Eve Miles. She's good. I, I think Eve and Byrne, uh, or Gwen and Owen, uh, they, they both get to really shine in this mm. episode. I think it's very much centred around them too, yeah. uh, and they're really good in it, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, John Barrowman, really good as Captain mm-hmm. Jack, but just that mm-hmm. scene—I don't know—it just puts it put me off his character. Yeah, for me the too. Story. Really, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It shouldn't. I know it's. No, it does. I I, I had it in my notes as well. I, mean, I feel exactly the same. It just makes him a bit. I don't know. It, it doesn't feel right somehow. Yeah, I don't know. They're trying to play this card of like you know he's still a mysterious character to Torchwood, mm. even though he's like the head honcho. He's running the the show. Yeah. You know, the other people of Torchwood still aren't a hundred percent. They don't know where he's from, why he's there, who mm-hmm. he really is. I know they're trying to, and obviously he's got that, like I said, that sort of sexual sort of energy that he gives off, you know, that like you said, mm-hmm. he's into everyone and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's funny at times. That can be funny if it's done in the right way. But mm. for some reason that scene just on its own, and it's only what three or three minutes that scene. Mm. something like that but that one scene on its own is a real shame because you know as i said it does nothing for the story but it puts me off of his character you know for the whole story you know what once i saw that scene mm. I, I remember thinking ah oh, 
I just I'm not interjecting on this one. He just he's he's like a sort of drunk old uncle at the barbecue. Mm. You know, that's you know, the, the you know, someone, you know, some cousin in the family's brought their pretty little friend along. He's had a few beers and he's like, Oh yeah. Mm. I haven't lost it. I'll show you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It just feels yeah. really lechy and creepy and It did. So, yeah. 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 So I wasn't into him as much as when he's, you know, any other story in Torchwood, bar a couple, you know, I'm, I'm into to Captain Jack. I think he's a great character that we all like, mm. you know, we all like Jack. Um, and he does have that seriousness about him, which is cool as well. Yeah. So there are fair, there are moments throughout most of the Torchwood stories, especially series one and two, where he's going along with everything, but then he sort of stamps his authority. Mm. You know, he's like, I'm in charge, do this or do that. And that's quite cool, but. Yeah. But yeah. Anything you it, want to mention before we get on to scores? No, mate. I think, think I've covered it all. Yes. Yeah. Whose turn is it to go first? I think it's me. I think it's you. It's you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, dokie. Uh, I'm going to give this a 7.5. <laughs> I knew you would, so have I. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We I, thought we'd be on, I, I thought we'd be on the same page on this one. Yeah. yeah. I, I would have given this an 8.5. I would have done. But that scene with Jack and Gwen really just put me off and it left a sour taste in my mouth. Mm. So I knocked a point off just for that scene, which is a shame. Um, but yeah, 7.5 is pretty respectable. I, I was gunning an 8 all the way through this. About halfway through, I was thinking, this is good. This mm. is a strong episode. But yeah, my, mine, dipped, um, mine dipped at that scene and... Um, the other things I was there was just a couple of little bit like the end the ending did feel a little flat like they got this great machine we didn't really explore it once they put it together right. it was just locked away and and it, and it doesn't have that sort of great climatic ending you know um Ed, you know Ed throws himself on the knife that's sort of done a bit clunky actually considering yeah. how yeah. how slick the direction is it's yeah I don't know there, it, it, as I said it's one of those it's a good strong episode just doesn't quite reach the heights of, uh, of being a great episode, but I agree with you. That scene in particular brings it down a couple of notches. So yeah, but it's good. It's strong. It is. Yeah. Yeah. What did our listeners think? Uh, we got an audio review in this week. This is from Yee. our friend, uh, Sammy Satine. Hey, Gary and Adam, Sammy Satine here. So, Torchwood Ghost Machine is a difficult episode to review for me, and not just because of what Ed Morgan did. It genuinely irks me as a whole. Also, Jack is so cold in this, he's positively freezing, especially after Owen's experience with the ghost machine. Also, Gwen not getting thrown backwards after firing a gun, because realistically that's what would happen unless you practiced a lot kind of thought also as a police officer she would have had to learn how to fire one anyway so that confused me all in all i give it six ghost machines out of ten see ya six cheers sammy yeah i i agree about the gun thing i i must admit i kept thinking that thing she's a police officer surely she's had to deal with some of this stuff before i don't know maybe mm. yeah i think just general sort of on the beat Police officers in the UK don't have any exposure to firearms, maybe. Because no. it's normally a. Because I know in Australia and America, you know, every police person carries a weapon, mm. a, a firearm, should I say. Whereas we don't have that in the UK. So maybe that's the reason why she doesn't. She's never had to. Probably. Yeah. Uh, we had a couple of tweets. Uh, Nathan, silent nerd, C137, uh, says uh, this is a gem from series one. Mm-hmm. 
the ghost machine is a great alien device and I love how one half shows you the past and the other the future. Uh, this episode has a great focus on Owen and it's great to see uh, how much his experience with the ghost machine has affected him. Uh, gives it a 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10, okay. Uh, Andrew Cuthbert Jr. says it's sinister sci-fi with a chilling conclusion. Owen shines in this one another 9. Ooh. 9 out of 10. Over on Facebook, Good. Miles McKenzie. Uh, I find this episode one of the forgettable ones of Series 1. Ooh. Yet... It's still very enjoyable. Okay. Uh, good character development for Gwen. Brilliant performance from everyone concerned. Overall, a seven. Seven. Mark Atkinson. Uh, I'm just having a Torchwood rewatch inspired by yourselves. Uh, good man, I've Mark. only ever watched each episode once before and just didn't like the show at all at the time, but I quite liked this episode. Uh, the best so far, in fact. Uh, great to see Blake. Uh, seven <laughs> out of ten. Cheers, Mark. I'm loving your Blake Seven reviews at the end of Proctor Who as well. Loving them, mate. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, Jake of Burt Whistle, uh, a brilliant episode. Great idea with the Ghost Machine. Brilliant acting from everyone. Nine out of ten. Nine. Rob Kernick. Enjoyed this one. Torchwood Going Dark is perfect and really well done. A very tense episode. Seven. Mm -hmm. uh, Lewis Palmer really enjoyed this one very dark and of course uh, won't be to everyone's taste but I found the story to be very interesting and somewhat disturbing it was nice to see Owen's darker side and the uh, the idea of the titular ghost machine is a very good one not perfect but enjoyable 7.5 and lastly Joseph Howarth says sorry uh, I didn't get to review the last episode of Torchwood as I was on holiday uh, it's no problem Joseph uh, he goes on to say um uh, he thinks it's a weird episode. We're talking about day one. Uh, mm. It's a weird episode uh, as a stupid concept for an alien. Um, has some good moments, but it's altogether a mess of an episode. Uh, it gets a four out of ten. As for the actual episode right now, I liked it. The idea of the ghost machine is very unique. It was pretty disturbing at times. Probably the darkest I've seen tortured so far. It's kind of a forgettable episode, but there are still some things I like about it, such as Jack and Gwen's relationship, which is developing nicely. Uh, not the best, but still enjoyable. A 7 out of 10. Mm, cheers. So I would say that overall, between us and the listeners, uh, Ghost Machine gets a 7. Yeah, I reckon so. But a pretty solid episode, really, isn't it? Which is good, because it left me wanting more, which is mm. more than I can say for day one. So, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, next week, we're back to new Doctor Who. What we got next week, dude? Oh, next week, yeah. So 10th Doctor next week, and it's the Impossible Planet. Uh, Bit of yeah. satanic action. Satanic action, yeah. We've <laughs> been it? asked yeah, about this is, one isn't it? Yeah. a few times yeah, to do this yeah. one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Impossible Planet. So it's just part one, and then we'll we'll finish up with the Satan Pit, uh, you know, uh, when we get back around to it next month. Yeah, so the Impossible Planet. I watched these recently. This was one of the um, – I watched this two-parter uh, when they – uh, dumped all of Doctor Who on iPlayer. Oh, really? Yeah, I watched a few of them before this one. I watched Rose and a couple of others, and then I thought I haven't seen the Impossible Planet in it in a quite a long time. So stuck this on in the Satan Pit. I won't reveal obviously my thoughts mm. at the moment, but yeah, I I haven't watched it for years. Right. Um. So I'm quite yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, giving this a rewatch. Mm. Cool. Right. I think we're going to do that, buddy. For one nine one. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us for 191. 
I hope you enjoyed this week's show. A little bit of news and some uh, some merch to get your teeth into, if that takes your fancy. If you're into mm. Eagle Moss, uh, but do check out the uh, the Who Talk stuff. Yes, because that's uh, pretty cool. Stick that on. Stick the episode on. Uh, really interesting. Really, really cool. Yeah. Yes. Uh, thank you all so much for sending in your reviews, uh, audio and written otherwise, um, for Ghost Machine. Really enjoying going through Torchwood at the minute. Me too, mate, yes. Very cool. Next week, we're back to Doctor Who. New Who. Mm, new Who. <laughs> not N-U Who, but N-E-W. Let's not be ridiculous. Yeah. Let's not go crazy. Yeah, so New Who. Uh, Tenth Doctor. Uh, the Impossible Planet so get that watched we've got no excuse now because most of our listeners will have this on either DVD or Blu-ray but now everything is on iPlayer and it's on Netflix in the UK so you've got no excuse you can watch this anywhere so give that a review because we will be asking for your thoughts on this one in the meantime though Head over to our website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our previous shows on there. Plus, you can check out all of the cool articles that go out on the blog from our writers. And you can link off to the social stuff. Uh, links off to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Give us a, a likey and a follow and all that stuff, because we do chat about Doctor Who during the week between shows. We do. Uh, also, give us a subscribe uh, on iTunes or any other... Um, podcast network we're on all of those that'd be cool and if you're an iTunes listener if you could spare a minute for a review or a rating that'd be awesome because that really helps it does also check out Adam's channel The Geeks Handbag Adam (laughs) runs a really cool YouTube channel The Geeks Handbag Mm. over there give him a sub check out all of his videos really really cool Mm. and he also on everything else so all the socials yeah just search for The Geeks (laughs) Handbag (laughs) you're everywhere a bit like Captain Jack <laughs> oh, Everywhere. Not steady, quite. steady. <laughs> steady. <laughs> Righty-o, until next week for episode 192. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember. <gasps> and. Uh, 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 uh,